Welcome to Time Out. I'm your host, Jean Jeffries. This is a fun and insightful podcast created to inform, encourage, uplift, and awaken you to be true to yourself as you live happy, healthy, and whole. Welcome, this is Jean Jeffries, and I am honored to have with us today, Marianne Roach. I can tell you that this lady has a kind and gentle spirit. When we first met, I instantly felt connected. Marianne has worked in the field of intellectual disabilities for 50 years. She was inspired by her younger sister, Nancy, who had Down syndrome and describes her as the centerpiece of our family. Following Nancy's death in 2005, Marianne began studying holistic health practices, including Reiki, reflexology, and acupressure. Upon retirement from her administrative position with Philadelphia's Office of Intellectual Disability Services, she began to provide holistic services with a focus on people with disabilities and their caregivers. Marianne says, I saw many people receive custodial touch for daily living, but almost never received compassionate, appropriate healing touch. She now considers herself privileged to have the opportunity to offer her services to those whom she holds dear. The benefits are enormous, not only for the recipients and those who love them, but for herself also. Marianne, I am so glad and really, really honored that you have taken the time to be with us today. Jean, it's, it's me that is grateful. Uh, you know, your enthusiasm, competence, kindness, and infectious nature is just so heartwarming, so genuine, and I'm really honored to be with you and your audience today. Thank you ever so much for asking. Oh, my. I, my heart is just overjoyed. So you know what? We're going to dive right in, as I just love to do. And I would like to start with you just enlightening us a little on exactly what is meant by intellectual disabilities. Okay, well, people with intellectual disabilities are, are people first, absolutely people first, and folks who may be best thought of as learning at a different rate, perhaps a little slower rate. So my sister Nancy, as an example, who died pretty close to age 50, was somebody who, when she was born, there wasn't the benefit of education, but my parents were very interested in making sure she had the fullest and, and richest life. And so from living with Nancy, what I learned about people who learn at a slower rate is that they learn and can learn many of the things that maybe some of us find a little bit easier to access, but at a little slower rate. I work now with people who I have known for many years because I had the privilege
privilege of working with them when I was working in my differently professional capacity in Philadelphia and in a suburb of Philadelphia, Montgomery County. And I've had the honor and privilege of working with many wonderful people who in fact started educational services, who in fact started habilitation and supportive services, services at home, employment services, when there was nothing over the, the 50 years in which I worked in the field, things developed. And so now uh, I'm with a, a few others looking to develop the kind of work that we do, compassionate touch, loving touch, and make it available to people who have not always had this kind of an opportunity. So that's a long-winded answer to your, to your question, but I, I think it's just easiest to sort of understand that people learn. We all learn. And in fact, we all have a kind of a wisdom and radiance that um, we need to be predisposed to see and to feel. And that is, in my case, uh, especially true and wonderful for the people that I've had the good fortune to support with holistic practices. Wow, that is totally awesome. Well, it appears that Nancy was blessed to have you as a sister. Wow. Well, I was the one that was blessed. I, I was wow. the one that was blessed. I mean, Nancy, uh, you know, I, I tell you, Jean, and many, if there are some people here, here who are listening, parents, particularly of people who have a child with a disability, they know that the entry point is not always very kind. So in the In my sister's case, my parents were told, as most parents were told, if they loved Nancy, they would institutionalize her. And fortunately, my parents had the good sense not to do that. Mm. And they brought Nancy home. She had many physical um, problems uh, as well as Down syndrome. But my parents had the good sense with support from neighbors and friends and relatives to raise Nancy just like she raised my brother and I, you know, and in a community that was very uh, blessed by uh, having connections to our church. So in many ways, our church, our Catholic church and our community were kind of one in the same. And it was, you know, when I look back at that, it was really the best of all possible worlds. And Nancy was born in 1955, no right to education. And, but my mother decided Nancy was going to school So she reached out to a couple other ladies who also had children with special needs and they created a daycare center. And from that did go on to school. She worked for 20 years in a nursing home. And in fact, got my mother a job. My mother had never uh, up to that point worked outside the house, but Nancy didn't want to take the bus. For some reason, Nancy wasn't predisposed to take public transportation. Don't tell, don't ask me why. So uh, she knew that if she got my mother a job, she'd get a ride to work. So that's what happened. And for over 20 years, the two of them worked at the Villa de Marillac, a nursing home in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it, you know, it, it worked out very, very well. So another community. But Nancy, one of her enormous gifts that everybody said was when Nancy hugged you, the world was right. There was just this like electric quality, I used to call it, that when she hugged you, 
every trial and tribulation you had or had had or ever almost going to have just evaporated. That was, that was her magic gift to the world. She was also somebody who loved to be uh, touched in, in, a, in, a, in a caring and appropriate way. So, you know, not knowing very much, I would give her little what we would call massages in the family sense and shoulders, neck, and, and um, uh, she loved to have her feet worked on. So when she died, it was that wonderful quality of loving touch that she was about that I held so dear and, and remember so warmly and deeply. And I thought, you know, maybe this is a way of kind of keeping her with me. And so I started studying, as you so kindly mentioned, Reiki and re foot reflexology, facial reflexology, full body reflexology. And when I retired five years ago, I actually called a friend of mine who ran an agency that had a, that was serving a, a gentleman who was finding it very difficult in life. He was just always on edge, full of a kind of a vim and vigor that didn't serve him well, and asked if I could work on him, do some foot reflexology, because at a previous time, she told me that he is happiest when he knew he was going to the podiatrist. And so that sort of jogged me to think, well, there's something about the touch on his feet that might be an entry way into just feeling good and better. And so uh, I, I went and worked on him. And the first time I went and worked on him, he fell asleep and that was not very typical. And I thought, well, maybe we have something there. So they invited me back. And fast forward five years later, uh, I just went to his 44th birthday party last week, which he planned and paid for, which he could do because today he has not one, but two jobs. He has now in his residential program, two lo long time, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful direct support professionals who have worked with him that was not typically part of his past. And I would say not only a better relationship with his neighbors, with the residential agency which, within which he works, but he also has a better relationship with his family because they can see him and hear him now. He's much, he, his engagement with the world is really much better. And listen, you know, you know this because you do it and you do it so wonderfully and warmly. And, you know, it's what we do, but it's, it's really more the loving touch of how we do it, inspired by those who came before us. And in my case, it's my sister, Nancy. Nancy sounds simply amazing. She was. She, she really and was and is. Yes, and is, and I want to stop right now and just pause and, you know, just have a grateful moment for the love that she shared and has a, that, that really has allowed you to continue on and to um, spread and share that love with others. So I want to thank uh, Nancy for her love and for you allowing yourself to uh, continue to be a blessing to so many to continue to share and spread that love. 
Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank you. Just need to take that moment. When it comes to self-care, what are some of the challenges that you see for caregivers? Well, you know, the people I know and have known are giving. You know, when you have a family member that has a special need, you're put in a position of not only giving to your child like you do to your children, but you're also put in a position of very often, as I think many parents, grandparents, caregivers would say, having to fight the good fight to get their children included and to um, gain access to opportunities that other people find just simpler, you know, things like school and opportunities in school, things like community sports, things like, you know, e even just typical things. For those of us who did not grow up with somebody who has a developmental special need, you know, you just, you just don't always kind of know the when and when not to's. So families, parents, mothers and fathers in particular, brothers and sisters very often, have the special responsibility of reaching out to people in a way that just comes with the package. That's just how it is. But it doesn't mean it doesn't take a little bite out of you because you're always having to think about creating, I kind of think, like to think of it as a kind of rolling out the red carpet in a way that is uh, helpful and and not is not jagged and doesn't hurt. Your life is is very often taken up with those kind of things. Self care just doesn't often come into the equation. People just don't think about it. So one of the uh, opportunities that working with people with disabilities has allowed me to do is to open up people's understanding of what that means. So the Lord helps those who help themselves, as you only too well know, and that's typically the way I kind of approach it. You can't, you simply can't be good to your children, for your children, if you're not wrapping your arms in whatever way around yourself and from different people that's different. So the idea is to find ways to, uh, of making that possible. I've been very, uh, I'll give you two sort of examples. I've been very honored and privileged to know many um, wonderful people in this exp life experience. And some of them are people who now work uh, and provide training and support to families whose children are in early intervention. So for uh, those in your listening audience who may not know about early intervention, early intervention is an entitlement program uh, throughout the United States. And if there is a belief that your child has a, de a delay in any one of five categories, motor control, hearing, speech, whatever that might be, or you're just concerned that your one child is maybe not making the developmental milestones, that might be typical at their age, you can reach out to early intervention in your home county and they will uh, work with you and provide an evaluation and, and so on. 
So uh, now, for instance, in Philadelphia, we have well over 8,000 children who are in early intervention from birth to five years old. Most all of those children are living at home with their uh, families, caregivers, and we want those families who are starting out with uh, professional services to be thinking about self-care. So in concert with Temple University and their early intervention training program, um, I've been blessed to be able to do some podcasts such as this, as some training sessions such as this. And the way we do it is it's about 15 minutes of explanation about what this is. And I, I more re most recently, I've been sort of doing it under the sort of the banner of Mr. Rogers. So uh, I mentioned Pittsburgh. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I sure know Mr. Rogers. Uh, Mr. Rogers uh, was part of our formation. And one of the many things that Mr. Rogers was known for was um, helping adults and children understand that in our life, we have people who have loved us into being people who wanted nothing but the best for us. And we can always think about somebody, mother, father, grandfather, brother, sister, somebody in our life experience who has loved us into being. So um, part of what we do is in a very minuscule way, love these families into being so that they can be the best for themselves and others. So the, it's the first 15 minutes is usually spent sort of explaining why that's important. And then um, doing five minute practices that help people, that, uh, that people can put into their bag of tricks. So uh, a little five minute med meditation that they can call upon. Nothing doesn't necessarily have to be long as you only too well know, but, or uh, we do a little facial reflexology uh, experience where, you know, you, uh, you know the points so that you're not only doing something that is good for your uh, health and vitality, but maybe you're looking a little prettier too. So we concentrate around the eyes and maybe where some wrinkles might appear uh, somewhere up here in the brow and so on. And then another five minute practice for the immunity systems, kind of a tapping experience that deals with the, the, the cheeks, the stomach meridians, the kidney meridians, our thymus and our Im immune system uh, down here in the lymph areas that for any point in the day, you can do any one of these things. And, and it's because it's just what you said. If you do these things, it's a way of paying loving attention to yourself. If you're paying loving attention to yourself, you're gonna be better for yourself. You're gonna be healthier. You're gonna live longer. You're gonna be better for your children. And frankly, it's an opportunity to put a little smile on your face. I think Tikhok Nan is probably the person that sort of reminds me that when you're doing these loving things for yourself, it's always uh, certainly worth it to, to add a little smile into the equation. So, and even better, a little laughter. So breathing and laughter are always two things we have quick access to. And if you do nothing but that, you know, 
it'll help. So that's the thing. And it's just been wonderful to share these things. And when I do, it brings the Nancy's smile back to me. It brings Nancy's warmth back to me. It brings Nancy's stories back to me. And so it's all very reciprocal, all very good. I really love that. Smiling, breathing, and laughter. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let me ask you a question about what you just explained to us that you're doing with Temple University, I believe you said. Yes. Is that open to anyone or do you have to be a resident of Pennsylvania? How does that work? Well, uh, they, uh, the Temple University has a contract with Pe the Pennsylvania Department of uh, the Office of Intellectual Disability Programs uh, because it's the Office of Intellectual Disability Programs that in part funds early intervention services. So early intervention services is funded in part by the state in which you live, and it is funded in part by the federal government, as are most services for children and adults through the one of many Medicaid programs. Temple University, Kathy Rochemeyer uh, is the person who I work primarily with. Actually, I work with Temple in two ways. Uh, so the, in the early intervention program to do information sessions for, for the younger parents. But in addition, I, I just want to add that Temple has also been doing some research with eight of the people that I work with who are adults. Up until uh, the pandemic started, I was running every other Wednesday a free clinic at a community center in Northeast Philadelphia. And it was just a wonderful experience. Again, I wanted to do it and was so grateful for the community agency spin to allow me to come in and work for 15 minute sessions, small, small periods of time with people that, were, that had intellectual disabilities who they serve and support, but many of whom were having a difficult time self-regulating. So I would go work with people 15-minute periods of time. I would typically work with 8, 10 people every other week. And it was pretty much the same people, people that, uh, as I mentioned, were having self, some self-regulation issues. Don't we all? But some people have a little bit more challenge with that. And so Temple University uh, Institute on Disabilities thought it would be interesting to see not only what are the benefits of that, what have been the short and long-term benefits of that, and publish a study. So as you know, Jean, because you read these things, the National Institutes of Health and others across the world have been doing research on various kinds of holistic practices. Does reflexology work? And who does it work for? And what are the benefits? And Reiki and several other things. But when we trolled the literature, it didn't seem as though there was very much around the benefits for people with intellectual disabilities. And indeed there wasn't because they, people don't get it, can't research if it, if it ain't there, right? right. So uh, Temple followed for a period of four months, these folks, and they took a look at how people engaged. They did pre and post studies more or not afterwards, uh, after a session, what kind of 
challenges people were having. They, they, it's a serious study and it is about to be published. Again, the pandemic has slowed many things up and it in, includes this too. But of the eight people that we studied, uh, that were studied, uh, you know, I had to, of course, stay out of it. I was the practitioner. But the results are that of the eight people that were participants in this study, people could engage faster in the next thing that they were doing. Their sleeping patterns were more evened out. People were more functionally communicating at a better pattern. I had one mother whose son was in the study say, even if you're working with him and when, when I come to pick him up, I'm not shortening the time because the time driving home is ever so much more peaceful and quiet after you've worked on him. It's a gift for him, but it's also a gift for me. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that you, you know, you want to see, you know, wouldn't the world be a better place if things were a little softer, a little gentler, a little less cacophony in the background, and so on. And so that's, you know, it's soothe and smooth. Always the intent was always the intent. Um, if we get something a little bit more, that's fine. That's what we're trying to do here. And even in the pandemic, so I've gone back to work. We've had to add a few more hoops, if you will, cleanliness. Uh, you know what this is all about, cleanliness hoops. I now only work with people outside, so we have airflow. Everybody has to be masked. And actually, a couple of the people that I have been working with were not too interested in wearing the mask. And we've, you know, when they knew they were... Uh, that they were getting back into a kind of routine that they liked, some uh, holistic work. The mask went on and they did it. So, you know, you just sort of never know. But what we do know is going a kinder, gentler, uh, appropriate, compassionate way, you stand a far, far, far better chance of getting the, the end results of everybody feeling a whole lot better. Awesome. Well, thank you, Marianne. And we want to thank you again for just doing your part and, and blessing so many with your gifts, your talents. And so what I believe that I gleaned from that as far as if anybody wanted to maybe connect to an organization such as yours, that they could maybe reach out in their particular state to see if there is a uh, intellectual disabilities program, service, or what have you. And definitely get connected with that. I'm just so grateful that you have just shared so much and I want to thank you again. Thank you, Jean. Thank you. You're marvelous. You're marvelous. And all that you do and the goodness that you bring, it's just, I'm, I'm just so proud to, to know you and connect with you and I do appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. If, if someone wanted to connect with you, how would you su suggest that they go about doing that? Well, probably the easiest is just to call me. You know, I'm kind of an old-fashioned girl. Well, you know, I'm not so great on all this technology. I have to admit that one of the challenges in my own self-care is the technophobe uh, aspect of it. I have a very dear friend who comes and helps me out uh, and kind of gets rid of the clangers that I feel every time I have to do something that I'm just not overwhelmingly comfortable with. 
Um, and I'm trying to be gentle with myself. I mean, I'm 71 years old, so I, you know, I didn't grow up with this. So I'm trying, I really am trying to just be honest about it and, and gentle with myself. But I love a, a good phone call and a love, good phone conversation. So I'd like to give out my phone number if I could. It's 215-805-4527. Let me repeat that. It's 215-805-4527. Um, people are welcome to reach out and give me a call. Love to talk to them. That would be wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Marianne. There you have it. Before you make any major changes or adjustments to your lifestyle or the lifestyle of others, it is always recommended that you seek the advice from your medical professional. These talks are for informational purposes only and in no way can serve as a diagnosis or treatment for your individual needs. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jean Jeffries, and you've been listening to the Time Out Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Take a moment and go to the Apple Podcast to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening. Remember, keep smiling. The transition begins with you.